Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, they come out. <laughs> she says it again, like, no, they're trying to, they're, they, they're over here harassing me, this and this and that. Like, I mean, I could just imagine how tense it was in that, in that jury room. Big man like me, no need for the telephone hype. I got too much getting online. One rule, then let them on sight. Wrong move, I bet they gon' ride. No need. You know, so, so the DA, right, he, he makes his opening statements. And the first witness that he calls is uh, the... I think it was the uh, gang expert was the very first witness. So he gets on the stand and he starts talking about the gang. And he starts talking about, you know, the whole structure of the gang and that the gang is violent and they commit crimes and they do all the things. Right? And then he starts talking about me. But he has no he has no history with me. Right? So I'm telling my I'm telling my lawyer, I was like, look. This guy does not know me like that. He's never arrested me before. He has he has nothing on me. Like he's never. Uh, there's no. Because um, every time they you, they pull you over, they have to fill out a uh, 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 infield. I think it was called FI card. FI card field uh, incident report. Right. So they gotta show. Okay, we pull this guy over. They gotta write down your name. They gotta write down everything. Right. So I'm telling my lawyer like, look, this guy doesn't have nothing on me, man. You know so. Ask him these questions. Ask him how many times has he ever arrested me. Ask him how many times has he actually pulled me over, and how many times, you know, has he seen me in the in the neighborhood? Like, because this guy Turner, like I said, he wasn't around, uh, like in the late nineties, early two thousands. I don't I don't remember him. But at the same time, I I got locked up in two thousand. So after that, you know, I don't know what cops came. But in 2004, you know, after I had already got jumped out of the neighborhood and wasn't involved in anything, yeah, he seen me a couple of times and he pulled me over. And like I said, I didn't run. I had no reason to run. Anything. But he pulled me over a couple of times and, and that was it. Those were the only encounters we had. So my lawyer, this this dude does not even do that. He doesn't even, he doesn't even like establish the fact that that this gang expert has no kind of evidence to show that I'm even an active gang member, to show that I've committed any kind of crimes in the past for the gang. Like, he has nothing. This guy just basically lets him get up there and speak and, and, and really has has nothing uh, nothing else to say, you know? So they let this guy speak, and, you know, he talks a good one, like I said. He starts bringing up, 
starts bringing up the the Mexican mafia and all this and that. And I'm telling my lawyer, wait a minute. Why is this guy talking about Mexican mafia? Like, I got no no such connection to Mexican mafia in any type of a way. This this has nothing to do with, with the Mexican mafia. And, uh, the, you know, the, the gang experts, like, well, they all answer to, to the Mexican mafia. They all do this and they all do that. And if if there's a snitch, then there's a green light and they're going to kill this guy and this and this and that, right? Which is all bullshit because at the end of the day, there's millions of individuals uh, snitching, you know, that you can say snitching, like getting on the stand and saying, hey, that's him, that's him. You know what I mean? Like, there's, it's happening all day, every day, and these guys are not being murdered. These guys are not being killed. These guys are not being retaliated against. But this guy's making it seem like, oh, there's this hardcore organization that just by you being labeled snitch, you're dead. You're automatically dead, and there's no way around it. You know, so he's, like I said, he's talking a good one to, to the jury. And I'm trying to tell my lawyer that you need to, you need to fight back, man. Like, you need to, you need to say something about that. Like, that, that, that don't make no type of sense. And, and honestly, they're not even allowed to do that. Later on down the line, you know, running into a couple other guys that had the same type of thing, they actually outlawed that. They say, you can't do that. You can't bring up the Mexican mafia. You can't do none of that because, there's no there's no link to that. So how are you gonna bring this up? This is a what's it called? I think it's called inflammatory. Basically, like trying to get the the jury to get you know basically like scare them, and it's just like a fear tactic, man. So they weren't even supposed to do that, but they were doing everything they could to make it seem like like I was this hardcore gang member, you know, but without evidence, without any proof that I was actually part of, of the gang committing crimes for the gang and, and being in the hood and getting arrested and all that stuff. There was nothing. And I tried to get my lawyer to bring up the evidence of me, you know, working, having a full-time job, graduating high school, going to college. You know, I tried to get character witnesses, but this guy did not want to do nothing for me. He's like, no, you don't got to do none of that. The, 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 um, the DA has to prove you're, you're guilty. We don't got to do nothing. I was like, what you mean we don't got to do nothing? Like, I have to prove I'm innocent. They're not just going to think I'm innocent. Hell no, they're going to think I'm guilty because of all this shit that the DA is saying. So I want to prove it, you know? But his whole thing is like, no, you don't got to prove nothing. You don't got to prove nothing. It's beyond a reasonable doubt, you know? Let them do their thing, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do ours. But we'll be all right. We're good, you know? So the DA, you know, he has the gang expert speak, and then he has a... He has uh, the victim get on the stand, and the victim gets on the stand, and he's he's basically saying no, that I'm not the shooter, and the DA is trying to be like, well, but you're a gang member, aren't you? Aren't you afraid that uh, if by you by being in court that you're going to be a target and they're going to try to kill you? And he's like, no, I'm not afraid. Like, so the victim is basically like going against everything that he is saying, man. You know, basically calling him on his bullshit. But at the end, the DA's defense is like, well, he's a gang member. He's not going to cooperate. You know, he's not He's not going to sit here and, and say that this guy shot him because there's there's rules and he's going to get killed. And and uh, the the victim's like, no, man, like, I'm not I'm not scared to get on the stand. I'm not scared to to uh, point somebody out. If he shot me, he shot me, and I'm going to say he shot me. But I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm not going to sit here and say that this guy shot me when he didn't shoot me. 
that's that's not cool, you know. And uh, so I'm trying to tell my lawyer, like, look, the victim, he's saying these things, and the DA's trying to make it seem like this guy is scared. This guy's not scared. He has no fear in him whatsoever. Like, this guy is still like basically living in the same area. So if it was, if he wasn't, if he was scared, why would he still live there? You know. So I'm telling the the, the lawyer, like, ask him all these questions. And the fucking lawyer, he doesn't even ask him everything I ask, tell him to ask. He asks some little bullshit-ass questions, you know, and doesn't even really get to the point, you know. It, it just, looking at it, looking back on it, I'm like, man, like, this guy really, really was trying to fuck me over. Like, there's no way around it. Like, you know, he just did it out, outright, out and open, no, no, no care in the world, not giving a fuck. After the after the victim gets on the stand, they would get these officers. They get on the stand, uh, the one that that was at the ambulance, right? So that one one of them says, "Yeah, well, the guy came. They brought back the the suspect, and we put him in front of the ambulance, and we shine the, the lights on him. We open up the doors, and we ask the victim, is that him?' And the victim says, "Yeah, it's him. That's the motherfucker that shot me.'" And I said, the officer testifies to all this, which is all a lie. And there's another officer that gets on the stand, which the DA, I guess the DA didn't really, really think that this officer was going to tell the truth. But this officer gets on the stand, and they ask him, hey, what did you see? And the dude said, well, we seen, uh, I seen when they, when they put the guy in the, in the ambulance and they closed the doors. And then the, and my lawyer's like, well, did you ever see him open the doors? And like, no, I've never seen him open the doors. So you're saying that when the client, when my client came, they didn't open the doors. I didn't see him open the doors. So this dude is saying basically like this is bullshit. Like they never opened doors, they never pointed lights on them, they never pointed him out, you know. So that officer says that now the day is like oh shit, I'm trying to clean it up. He's trying to clean it up, and then he calls a he calls a the gun expert, the ballistics expert. Yeah, he's talking about the bullet. You know, he's saying, okay, well, look, then we believe is from a bullet, and we believe it could be from a 40, a 10 millimeter or a 40 millimeter weapon. But we don't know. There's no way for us to know because we don't have the rest of the bullet. So this is just us thinking, you know? So the dude's like, well, is it possible? Is it possible that it's a 44? And the dude's like, well, anything's possible, you know? Yeah, it's possible. And then I well, don't you think it's from a forty four? Like basically trying to tell the dude, look, just say that it's from a forty four. But the guy's not saying that. The guy's basically saying, like, look, man, you're t- you're asking me to to come up with a response when I don't have all the evidence. I don't have all the all the information. Like I can't do that. I, I, all I can do is uh, speculate. You know. And uh, they also found a shell casing right at the in the street. So the guy brings up the shell casing. Well, what about the shell casing? There's a shell casing here. Can't you can't you prove that this little piece of uh, fragment came from this shell casing? Like it's the same. And the dude's like, No, I can't do that. This is an apple. This is an orange. I can't say that this is the same thing. So it was kind of backfiring on him. But my attorney didn't really take advantage of that. So we're in the middle. Well, we're in the beginning stages of this trial, you know, and and the DA. He already put on, he put on the uh, the victim, he put on the, the gang expert, and he put on a, a ballistics expert, the physical evidence that they found, which was 
a little tiny piece of fragment, which they're saying was a bullet, you know, but I don't know if it was a bullet or not, but it was a little tiny piece of uh, fragment inside the truck uh, floorboard. So he's asking him, you know, can you tell us what this came from? And the expert's like, well, it it could possibly be, you know, a 40-millimeter or a 10-millimeter, but there's no way of knowing, you know. And then the the DA's like, well, is it possible that it could be a 44? And the guy's like, no, I can't tell you that. You know, there's there's no way. Like, this is an apple and this is an orange. I I can't compare the two. After he gets the that expert, then he uh, he has the officer that is saying uh, the victim identified me in an infield show up. So this officer gets on the stand and he's talking about that he he arrived at the scene and uh, there was two other officers there that had pulled over the victim. They had pulled him over. They had dragged him out of the car. They had laid him out on the floor, and they were waiting for the ambulance. And while they're waiting for this ambulance, they're telling they're telling this guy, "Oh, uh, you're you're gonna die, you know. It looks all bad. Like, like they're not even trying to help this guy. They're not they're not trying to do nothing for this guy. They're just putting in his head like, just say goodbye because you're dead, you know. You know, because the victim testifies to this. He says how these guys pretty much treated him and that they were trying to cover him up with a sheet. Like, basically, it's a dumb daughter, you know, not even trying to help him or nothing. So, you know, they're sitting there waiting for the ambulance, and it's taking forever. Even one of the other witnesses had testified that it took forever for the ambulance to get there. So finally, that ambulance gets there, and they put him in the ambulance. So this officer saying that, when they pulled, when uh, the other officers pulled up with me in the back seat, they opened up the door and they pulled me out. And that this officer shined the light on me and he opened up the, the ambulance doors and he tells the victim, hey, is this him? Is this the guy who shot you? And he's saying that the victim said, yeah, that's him, that's him, that's the motherfucker that shot me. And then he closes doors and then the ambulance takes off. But this is all a lie. This did not occur, you know. This guy never uh, said it was me because there was no, they never opened up those ambulance doors and I was only there for like two seconds. I'm telling my lawyer, you know, to ask him all these questions to try to get him caught up in his lock. You know, so the first thing is like, okay, well, how far away was, you know, was the burning? You know, how far away was he from the ambulance? And this guy saying it was about at least 20 feet, you know, and... And then he's saying, okay, well, what was my current wearing? You know, like, so at the time, I didn't have no shirt on. I didn't have nothing, right? I just had my pants on. So he's asking, well, how, how does, uh, you know, what was the description given, you know? And then he's like, well, there was, there was no description, you know? So this guy never, they never even asked for a description. They never even asked, hey, what does the guy look like? What, what was he wearing? Like, according to them, you know, they, they never asked. So they had no clue, you know. And then my lawyer, my lawyer tries to be like, okay, you got this guy by himself right here, and you're telling him, hey, we got the guy, we got the guy, let us know if it's him, you know. So you're basically kind of already insinuating to him that he is, that he is the shooter, you know. So he's trying to, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get this guy 
crossed up. He's trying to get him caught up, you know. But honestly, I don't think it was that good of a job, man. I don't think he was really, like, hitting the point. So he only asked a few questions. That was it. And then he was out. That was it. He didn't. He didn't have no more questions. He let it. He let it go. You know. And in my mind, I'm like, man, why? Why ain't this dude grilling him? You know, like this is this is the main guy. The main reason why I'm in jail because this officer said that the victim pulled me out. Even though I had a lineup and the victim didn't pull me out. Even though I went to the to the preliminary hearing. The victim was there, and he still didn't point me out. He said, no, that's not the guy who shot me. You know, but everything is resting on this officer's testimony, this officer alone, you know. And uh, <clears throat> after that, there's another officer, and he was uh, he had arrived after the fact. Well, no, no, this officer was the one that had, that had pulled him over, right? So... This officer gets on the stand, and this officer, he he makes a statement that he he never saw the ambulance doors get opened up. He never saw them do the the infield show up of them of them uh, shining light out on me and all that, which doesn't make sense because there's only four officers on the scene, right? So obviously. They're all gonna have to see it, right? It's not it's not like this big area with all kinds of things. No, it's a little street. Right? So there's no way that this officer could not have seen if it did happen, right? So this guy's on the stand saying, No, I don't I never saw that, right? So he's basically kind of throwing his partner under the bus. Right? He he's he's going against what his partner's saying because, you know, if he really wanted to, he could have been like, "No, yeah, I seen it. Yeah, we we did do the we did do the lineup and this and this and that." He he could have followed him to a T, you know. They fucking rehearsed and, and got their story together, and but no, this dude didn't do that. He said, "No, I never saw that," you know. So when he does that, you know, I get a little bit of hope. I'm like, "Man, you know, this is gonna help me out." And my lord, you know, he, he goes and he asks some some questions as well. But it was kind of like basically wasn't even a lot of questions. Same thing. And they dismiss it. Like they dismiss him as a witness. I think that was it for them, you know. They only they only had like maybe five or six witnesses to call him the stand. So once the DA rests his case, now it's my turn, you know. Tell a man no trouble, I don't want beef man, I just want vibes Big man like me, no need for the telephone hype I got too much getting online One rule, then dead I'm on sight Wrong move, I bet they gon' ride No need for the telephone hype, nah No need for the snoozing Big whip outside, I'm cruising Big sick inside, no losing Better watch out for the snake and Judas's Don't ask them who this is I bet they know what I'm moving in I bet I show it into a dim So the first thing my lord does is, is he calls the victim back you know, and that day he's like, wait a minute, why are you calling the victim? You already had a chance to cross the sand him and all this and that. And then, you know, the lawyer's like, wait a minute, you know, that's my right. I could call him again if I want to. So the judge agrees. He's like, no, he could call him again. So he calls him. And, you know, he's asking him more, 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 trying to get more details out of him. And, and basically, like I said, the, the DA trying to make it seem like this guy is a hardcore gang member, that there's no way that this guy is going to testify 
and be a snitch. Because if he's a snitch, then he gets he gets greenlighted and he's gonna get killed. So I'm telling my my lawyer like, look, ask him these kinds of questions because we need to establish that that's not true. That that that, that just because you you come to court and you're telling somebody doesn't mean that you're automatically gonna die and that you're you're afraid that you're gonna get killed because every single day in court there's people telling on other people and these people are not getting killed. So this is all bogus bullshit that the DA is trying to put into the into the jury's minds to get them scared, to get them to think, oh, this is a hardcore gang member and he's he's got the ability to kill anybody at any time. Just you know what I mean? Like it's bullshit. So the victim gets on the stand. And he's like, "No, I'm not afraid." He's like, "I'm not afraid." Like, uh, if if this guy shot me, then I'll get up here and I'll say, "Hey, he shot me," but he didn't shoot me. So why am I gonna get up here and say that he shot me? He's like, "That's fucked up." Like to put somebody in that situation, to send them to prison, and he didn't even do it. So this guy, you know, he's trying to help me, like basically saying, "Like, no, this ain't him. If it was him, I got no problem whatsoever." getting up here and saying it's him, but it's not him, so I'm not going to do that, you know? So uh, my lawyer starts asking, okay, well, how long have you lived in that area? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And he tells him, you know, he's, he had lived there for like a year already. And this this trial is almost a year after the incident, right? So this guy still lives there. So this guy's saying, like, no, I'm not afraid for my life. You know, I still live right there, and and I don't fear the gang because that's what they're trying to say. That like, oh, the the gang is is gonna retaliate against him. You know that. So this guy is afraid. He's afraid to speak. But the guy's getting on the stand saying, no, that's not the truth. I'm not afraid at all. You know, I'm here. <clears throat> and the DA, the DA had said it before, like, hey, just by you being here, just by you being in court, doesn't that put your life in danger? Doesn't that consider you a snitch? And the DA no, no. I'm here, and and I'm not, I'm not afraid. I, I don't consider myself a snitch. So while we're just trying to, you know, bring all that stuff up, right? It's like, okay, so you're not afraid. Okay, so tell us. So what, what, what do you remember, like, as far as the the person, right, that shot him. But this guy's saying that he doesn't, he doesn't know what the guy was wearing. Like, he didn't see him. He didn't get a good look because it was dark. And this guy's saying that he, he wears glasses. He, he has prescription glasses. I think he said he's, he's, uh, farsighted. But I'm not sure. I always get that mixed up, the farsighted, nearsighted. But, but basically, he can't see nothing that's far away from him. So he said he didn't get a good look at the guy's face. He didn't know what the guy actually looked like. So he can't sit there and say, hey, this is the guy, because he, he doesn't remember what the guy looked like. He didn't get to see his face. They're kind of trying to establish all this, man, like trying to get, um, show that it wasn't me, you know? So after after the victim, my lawyer calls, there was another guy there with the victim. You know, he was standing outside the truck, because the, the guy was inside his truck, sitting in his truck when he got shot. 
and there was a, another guy outside of the truck helping him park his truck. So this guy gets on the stand, and he says, he testifies saying that he saw one person, one person shoot, and he ran, he took off running. But he's saying that he didn't see the guy's face, you know, and this guy didn't give a description either. We're trying to get a description out of him because in the police report, one of the officers is saying that that this guy, uh, the guy that was outside, has said that the that the uh, the shooter was wearing a gray uh, sweatshirt, right? And me, I was wearing a blue jacket. And you know, at the time I was working, well, I was working at a warehouse, right? But right before that, I was working at the White's Golf Construction. So because I worked at the construction. I had a blue jacket that had reflectors. So along my uh, along my sleeves, I had these reflectors, right? Because I used to work at night as well. So I had that jacket, and I was wearing that jacket that night. So I was telling my lawyer, like that's that's something that you don't forget. Like it's it's easy to see that. Like you know, you, you see the reflection, you see the the glimmer. You're like you're you're gonna remember that, you know. So we're trying to get this guy to 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 say what, what he supposedly told the cops, right? But this guy doesn't really want to say nothing. He's like, no, I, I don't I don't know, I didn't see nothing. I just as soon as as soon as I heard the gunshot I took off running, you know? And he took off. So he wasn't a whole lot of help. It was it was pretty it was pretty quick. It was just a few questions and stuff like the guy wasn't really trying to talk. So after that this uh we end up getting um there's a there's a there's a witness that was that lived right on the right on Third Street. Her apartment she had a balcony facing Third Street. So she heard she had heard the the sirens of the officers and she came out to her balcony and she was standing on her balcony. So she saw everything from the very, very beginning. She saw when the victim's truck got pulled over by the officers. And she testifies that, you know, the officers drew their guns out and uh, were telling the, telling the victim to get out the car, but the victim wasn't getting out the car. The victim was, was telling him that he was injured. And so the cops approached the vehicle, and, and they dragged the victim out. They, they threw him on the floor, laid him out on the floor. And she said that she said that she seen him, like, standing over him, talking to him, and, and she's saying it took forever for the ambulance to come. So she's like, yeah, and finally the ambulance comes, you know, and, and she said she said that she's seen him, like, I guess passed out on the floor, you know, when and when the ambulance came. She'd seen him passed out, they picked him up, they put him in the gurney, they put him inside the, the ambulance doors, inside the ambulance, and they closed the doors. She says that they never opened those doors. After they closed them the first time, they never opened those doors. She sees when the police officers bring me to the scene. She sees when they open the door and me, I kind of hop out, right? And I take two little hops. She she's testifies to that. Like, yeah, I seen him take like two little hops. He couldn't stand up. And then he goes right back into the car, close the door, and they take off. So she testifies that that the cops are lying, that there was never an infield show-up. That never happened. You know? <clears throat> so, the DA is is basically, like, trying to, trying to make her look bad. Like, 
So the only reason why this witness came about was because her husband was actually in the county jail. Uh, he was fighting, a, also fighting a, a case of an, of an attempted murder. Uh, but this guy, right, um, they had shot shot up his car. Like uh, they hit, hit, they shot up his car with like a, a assault rifle, you know. So his his whole car was sprayed up. They were trying to kill this guy, and he ran over one of the guys that was shooting at him. So, you know, he was sitting there fighting that case, even though he tried to kill him. And, you know, for him to get away, he ran the dude over. Uh, he was there for, for attempted murder. So we ended up meeting in the county, and we're talking because he's from the area, you know, so he like, so, you know, that's that's the number one thing when, when you're in the county jail, like when you introduce yourself, you say your name, and you say basically where you're from, like the city you're from and, you know, where you kind of grew up. So, like, oh, yeah, I'm from Montebello or, or from, from East L.A. or, oh, I'm from over here from, from the west side or I'm from Ben. You know what I'm saying? Like, people tell each other where they're from, right? So, this guy tells me, that, hey, man, I grew up right there. Like, I lived right there and I tell him oh well this is what I'm busted for he's like oh what the hell like hey I remember that night man we were all on our balcony him and his wife so he tells me this and he's like look I'm gonna have I'm gonna give me your lawyer's info and uh, I'm gonna tell my wife to, to call him up so she did but my lawyer wasn't even trying to get this person on to testify man like this dude was not even trying to like trying to get her to, to come to court because he never followed up with her. He didn't do nothing, right? And, well, luckily, that guy told me, like, hey, man, your lawyer, your lawyer's not even getting at my girl. Like, he, he's not even saying nothing, you know? So he's like, I told my girl to keep hitting him up. So luckily, because of her being persistent, she got a hold of this dude, and she was able to come to court for me, you know? But other than that, that lawyer would have trucked it and would have never called her as a witness, you know. So she's there, right? Like I said, she's there. She's testifying to everything. You know, so now the, the now the DA is trying to make her look bad. She's like, well, the DA is like, well, isn't your husband in, in, in jail at the moment? Isn't he fighting a case right now? Isn't your husband a gang member? So basically trying to make her look bad, like, oh, she's lying, you know. Uh, so after that, we try to get, I'm trying to tell my lawyer to call, to call the guy, her husband, you know. But he's like, no, no, we we, we don't want to do that. That's going to be all bad. I say, nah, man, if this guy's a witness, this guy's seen that. I want him to come to court, man. I want him to say what he saw. Like, I don't care if he's a gang member or what, man. Like, that does not take away from, from what he saw, you know. But he refused. This dude would not, he would not call this guy. To, to testify, you know, and then I wanted to get on the stand, and he's like, no, 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 we don't, we, you don't get on the stand, don't get on the stand, like, you don't, you don't got to do that, it's just gonna, it's just gonna be all bad, and I'm like, I'm not worried about that, man, I'm not worried about what the DA's gonna ask me, I'm not worried about none of that, because I know if I get on the stand, I'm gonna tell the truth, and if you tell the truth, you're not gonna get caught up in nothing, you know what I'm saying, it's gonna come out every time it's gonna be right, because that's the truth. People that tell lies, they get caught up in their lies because they forget their lies. They don't know what they're talking about. So they're going to cross you up, man. They're going to cross you up. 
So that's what he was worried about. But this dude didn't believe in me from the gate, man. Like I, I got that right away from him. Like he didn't believe me. He he, he was like he didn't give. He really didn't care, man. So even though I was trying to testify, like he was like, no, no, no. And I fucked up. You know, I regret it. I wish I would have got in that stand. I wish I would have testified on my behalf. You know, because now I, you know, like I going back and thinking about it, you know. You you regret that man. You you wish you would have spoke up for yourself. I I should have man, but I I listened to this fucking dumbass lawyer. So he didn't call me. He calls uh we get we get an expert, right? Uh, a ballistics expert, and this dude is basically going against what the other guy said. Like look, uh, a whole, with the whole with the whole uh with the whole bullet and all that, because they try to make it seem like. They try to change it up and say that it was it could be a forty four, you know, because they had found some forty four bullets. So they try to make it seem well it must be a forty four, you know. Uh so these guys getting on the stand and saying and trying to go against what they're saying. I know this what what you originally said was that it could be a ten millimeter or forty millimeter, like that that's more accurate. All of a sudden you guys want to change it up because it's not what you what you want. You know, so you want to change it to what you want, and that, that you can't do that. You know, this is what it is. So this guy testifies, and then um, I think that was it, man. There was there was really there was really no no defense, no nothing. Like this guy really didn't didn't have much, man. And like I said, if if I wouldn't have pushed him for that other witness, it would have been nothing. It would have just been. Just the victim and that one guy and then the expert. And that would have been it, man. So now we're uh, now we're in the closing arguments. So, you know, the DA gets up there first. And the DA does his whole speech. And he's, he's like, he's like, well, you guys need to find him guilty. And he's like, even if you don't believe that he is the shooter, even if you don't think that he shot the gun and he 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 uh he shot at this guy, well he was a driver, so so you should still convict him for aiding and abetting because he was driving the car. So if it wasn't him, then it was the other guy. So he's still guilty. And then he also said, "Well, you guys need to find him guilty no matter what because you guys need to send a send a sign to to these gang members that." You're not gonna take it no more. So even if he's not guilty of this, he's guilty. He's guilty of something. So you guys need to send a sign against these gangs. You know that you're fighting back. That you're taking your community back. And you know he did this whole big big speech, man. And then uh, he he even said, "Oh look, his lawyer his lawyer doesn't even have uh, no defense. Like his lawyer didn't even do nothing. His lawyer doesn't even believe he's innocent. His lawyer's not even fighting for him. You know." And that shit hit me, man. <laughs> That shit hit me out like fuck, man. That's it's true. This fucking bullshit ass lawyer didn't do nothing for me, you know. And in my in my mind, I'm like, shit, if I was in the jury, I'd be believing everything the DA saying because his his defense had nothing, really, you know. And um, so after his closing arguments, <clears throat> my lawyer gets on, and my lawyer's whole thing was. My lawyer's whole entire defense was, oh, you can't, you can't uh, rely on on the victim. 
Uh, you can't rely on the, on the victim. You can't rely on on, uh, on his testimony. And in my mind, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that shit doesn't even make no sense. You know, uh, he's saying, oh, well, the pastor saying he said one thing and he comes to court and says nothing. And I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense, man. Like, you should be saying, like, yeah, you should trust, you should rely on the victim because he's the victim. He was the one that went through it. Like, he's sitting here in the court and saying that it wasn't him, that he's not the shooter, that he never saw this dude. Like, so he's not going to testify against him. But no, he didn't do that. He just says, oh, he's unreliable. And I'm like, how the fuck does that make any sense, you know? And that's his closing argument. And that's it. Go to deliberations. Now, we're in deliberations, you know, and and it's taking it's taking a while, you know? And they always say, hey, if it, the longer it takes, the better. Because that means that they're fighting, that somebody's in there fighting for you, you know? So a day passes, no news. The second day passes, no news. The third day passes. They're asking. The the jury has a question. So we all go into the courtroom. They're like, okay, what's the question? The first question is, can you read back the testimony from the officer and from the female witness? Right. So they want to hear that again. They want to hear the, the female saying that, that lineup never happened, that those doors never opened. And they also want to hear the officer saying the same thing, where he's saying he never saw those doors open. So then they go back, and they come back again with another question. And they're asking, well, how do we determine if we should believe the officer or if we should believe the, the victim? You know? Then they go back. And then uh, the next day... They come again, and the juror, one of the jurors, she has a complaint. She comes out, and she's telling the judge, she's like, she's telling the judge that all the other jurors are are intim- trying to intimidate her, trying to force her to vote their way, trying to say that she's a criminal and that she's letting outside influences uh, determine her vote and, you know, all this, so, so she feels like they're harassing her, and they're trying to force her to uh, vote guilty. And she, she she tells the judge, like, look, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. You told me to take the facts in this case and to come up with my own, with my own, uh, whether I whether I believe he's guilty or not. And she's like, look, this, this DA, he talks a good story, you know, but he's not showing me no evidence. Everything he's saying is circumstantial. There's no proof. There's nothing here. That there's no gun. There's no eyewitness. There's nothing for me to say that this guy's guilty. He's like, he's, she's like, well, why should I believe the officers? You know, when the officers are can can are known to lie and known to be corrupt and all this and this and that, you know. So she's like, I'm doing what, what I'm supposed to be doing. And the judge, the DA, is like, oh, uh, Your Honor, we need to remove this this juror. This juror's not following the instructions. Like she's she's letting outside info. Like this DA's trying hard to get this juror kicked off, but the judge is like, wait a minute, no, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. She's not doing nothing wrong, you know. So I'm not gonna kick her off. So go back and deliberate. So again, they go back to deliberations, you know, and then 
again they come out. <laughs> she says it again, like, no, they're trying to, they're, they, they're over here harassing me and this and this and that. Like, I mean, I could just imagine how tense it was in that, in that jury room, you know, because at this time, I, I think it was like right before Thanksgiving or, or right during Thanksgiving. I, I remember it was November 20, 22nd or 23rd or 24th, somewhere around there. It was, it was right right at the time of Thanksgiving. So I can already imagine all these people, they want to go home, they don't want to be there. They probably had already made up their minds from the very beginning, like, oh, this dude's a gang member, find him guilty, who cares? But this this lady's like, No, no man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Like I heard all the all all the testimony, I heard all the evidence and I don't believe it. So she's sticking to her ground, you know? So again, you know, the the, the DA's trying to kick her off. It's like, no, I'm not keeping her off. You know, go back to liberate. So now we're on the fifth day. You know, this five days of deliberations. This is long, man. Like, you're, I'm in the tank all day long. Like I said, we get like at 2 in the morning. From 2 in the morning to like 10 o'clock tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm in these tanks, man. And so this shit is draining. But I still kind of have hope. I'm like, man, it's good, it's good. You know, it's taking long. Like, I'm going to get some good news, you know. But on the fifth day, the DA, the DA is saying, like, oh, let them keep going, let them keep going, let them keep going, right? But the judge is like, you know what, that's enough, man. It's been five days. They're not going to come up with a unanimous decision. I'm going to call it a mistrial. And the DA is like, no, 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 give them some more time. Come on, let give them some more time. And the judge is like, nope, that's it, man, mistrial. So that was it. I got a hung jury. How you hating my vibe? Why you wasting my time? Getting hype on my line. Tell a man I don't want feedback. I just want relax. Brand new with two-tone. I need that brand new hit. You know, like lean back. Brand new bits I live in. We back, man. You never gonna like us. Get them on sight now. Let them on light. That way they know I'm all right. Look at my life. I'm living all right. I'm nice. You know I'm all right. Looking like Christ. No need for the hype or fight. All telephone vipers. No need for the telephone vipers. No need for the telephone vipers. 